All right, welcome everyone. We're on with another week with Mordechai Weinberger, your host of the Let's Grow Together program. That's Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW, licensed clinical social worker. As always, I'd love to thank everyone for listening, for calling in with your questions or comments. The number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And of course, as always, looking forward to taking your comments, your questions, and anything you've got about the mental health field. I'd like to start with a question that we've got a text, and I feel it's very important to start with this concept. And it's a good chaydish. Can you maybe just give a little introduction and some helpful tips to us parents in preparing our kids for the Nuzman Yeshiva in school? And I feel it's very important because the concept of what do we tell our children when they go from playtime, free time, or like when we are all on vacation and then we got to go back to everyday life, to everyday work, it is a major transition. So what happens if this transition doesn't happen? What happens if we're not prepared for this transition? Some people can stay in vacation mode. What's the problem with vacation mode? The problem with vacation mode is when we live in vacation mode, we're feeling stuck. We're not enjoying it anymore. We're not relaxing anymore. Relaxation is meant after you work hard, then you relax. But working hard is part of the process. And that is a concept that we miss or that we don't give to our children. They go, I wish I'd be off a yeshiva every day. or I wish I wouldn't go to school every day. And what we would tell them is, yeah, but when you're home every day, look how bored you get. Look how lonely it is. I know, but I still don't like learning. So step number one that we explain is in order to enjoy vacation, we got to work. In order to enjoy work, we got to learn. That is step one. Step two that we now want to focus on is, of course, you don't enjoy learning many times or school. It's hard. It's structured. There are tests. There are exams. You're not free to do whatever you'd like. And what we want to explain to them on the second point is that's normal. And many times I do give permission. I do encourage that for parents to discuss with children not all the time, not even 80% of the time, but at least 20% of the time, some of the difficulties that we have in business. Some of the times we just wanted to stay in bed and stay later or something along those lines. But we didn't because we had responsibility. Or sometimes it was so hard to learn, but we still pushed ourselves to learn and we feel great when we made the siyam or just day-to-day -day stuff, or mothers just saying brachas, whatever it should be. We want to share this concept that it takes effort on our part and it doesn't go smooth. Because many times I hear people walking around with this theory, philosophy, how simple it is, how easy it is. And let's be very clear, it's not at all. Life is a process that everyone must master, and at every step we're going to have difficulties. That's why it's part of the life's process. So this is the little introduction that I would be, two points that I would mention to the kids. I'd like to mention one more point, and then we are going to go to our callers. The number to call in is 718-683-5858-718. 683-5858. And the third point is to teach our children the happiness of hard work, the enjoyment of the toil of Adam Lo'amal Yulad, which is you want to hold back, you want to be skinnier, you're going to see that, dot, that cookie and you're going to hold back. After that, you will feel fantastic. You're going to work hard to make that seam. After that, you will feel great. Anyone that has ever accomplished anything was through hard work, but then the strength, then the pleasure, then the enjoyment. 
And that is something that we explain to them and we show it to them. So step number one is there's a time for vacation. There's a time for work. We need to understand in order to enjoy the vacation, you actually need to work. Point one. Point number two is about the work itself. And number three is that we are discussing about that when you work hard, that in itself is pleasure. We are going to go to Baruch on line one. Baruch, you're on there with Mordechai. Hi, how are you? Baruch Hashem, amazing. Um, number one, thank you very much for your wonderful program. Yes. Um, I had a question like, for you like this. <clears throat> um, I was wondering if you have any suggestions to me how I could um, learn how to control my anger. Now, I'm not going to say that I have, like, a major anger issue because, like, I don't, like, lose it or, like, um, get completely out of hand. But it's more like um, I'm realizing, like, whenever, like, I'm frustrated and angry, like, I can't um, think properly, like, how to deal with the situation. Like, just recently, like, I was dealing with the government office, and um, they told me information which was really wrong, and they... And I got messed up, and I was, and I lost a good few hundred dollars, and I was like very, I was very like angry and frustrated at them. And like while I was angry, I couldn't um, really think of any rational solutions. Like right after, like ten minutes later, I was able to like, just calm down and be able to think clearly and come to a, to think of some different ideas of how I could work on the situation. So I was just like wondering, like, is there any way that I could learn or teach myself how to be? I guess, like, act more like an adult or, like, feel more like an adult while I'm feeling frustrated. Two questions, Baruch. When did you call in recently, number one? And number two is how roughly how old you are within the five-year range from 19 to 24 from... So let's start with the first one first. Did you call in recently? Yes, I did. Good. What was your question then? I want to uh, link the two together. I called in. I put, I was actually I put out under a different name. I know that, and I remember the name as well. I called in about um, about getting compliments with, and with a therapist with a ride. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Okay, then I was confusing it. What was the question that you asked? And I just remember your voice, and I want to link the two questions. I want you to see how when we've got questions, they are relatively along the same lines? Um, I was asking, actually, about um, how to deal with vacation with, uh, with my wife, and I feel like on to different pages. Oh, okay. First of all, to know about that, we got about five to ten people called up with a message just to say how helpful that question was because they have similar issues. And one person said, a pity I only heard this after our vacation. Yeah. All right. Um, let's, ju let's just take this, this one point just to focus on. Let's then just take it to your question. First of all, that's the beauty of life, which means the longer we're in the process of life, with Siyata Deshmaya, we're meant to master it. Not many people do, or I should say many people do, but not everyone does. And the way we master life is through experiences, through doing it. So if we can do it, if we can live the process, then with Siyata Deshmaya, we got it. Now, if you're able to calm yourself down after losing a couple hundred dollars after 10 minutes, that's great. 
that's a great start. Now, let me ask you, what tools and what tips did you do on yourself that you calmed down after 10 minutes? Well, um, I was here like this. That's when I, a while ago back, I, was, I went to a little bit of therapy. I was more about like learning how to express my emotions and not keeping them bottled up. Excellent. So that's basically what I did. I just like I was speaking to my wife and I told her how like upset I am and frustrated. Like they just told us the wrong information and they messed us up. And then I don't know. After a few minutes, I walked outside and I was completely fine. So recognize your nature, and that is especially good for people that are emotional natures. Means if one of your main priority natures are emotional, what that means is is that once you express the emotion, you're that much calmer, and you're in a much better mood. Which right, now... What? Well, then that's for sure. That's what I'm saying. That's right. Now that you're aware of it, when you start getting emotional, you can start saying, hold on, this is that ride. Since people that are emotional people, and I am definitely one of them, we get onto a ride of emotions, which is excellent. We get an adrenaline rush. We get an adrenaline surge, and we can do a lot of things. We're very creative. However, when our ideas that we see 15 years from now, we see now might not work out, it can also knock us down. When we don't expect certain things, the emotion boils up. With maturity, we learn how to balance that, which means with maturity, we learn how to answer, ride the wave, and to say, okay, I'm now being emotional, this is my nature, ride it, don't act on it. Tell the person, I'll come back to you in 20 minutes or the next day. As long as we can ride the wave of emotions, and you have a healthy place where to express it, you will find you'll get more and more control over it. And even those, I'm saying even like, the, like when I'm there, when I'm being so triggered, you're saying that would also eventually... That's with that. age, with maturity, with being aware. When you start recognizing my weaknesses, so when I don't eat, when I don't sleep well, I will be more emotional, I will be more frustrated, more upset. Does that make Perhaps sense? More like more like when things like got messed up. And I, was... I know that, but I'm also giving you more information. Emotional people need their sleep. Emotional people need their food. Right. I hear that. I and when you're that, not, that, you will... Hold yeah. on. Just, just checking out. All right. We've got several people calling in over here and just to... Great. Um, sorry. Just going back to your question. So just recognize emotional people. Let's take the positive. What is your positive of that? What's the positive of being emotional? Let's let's give you a full a full enjoyment of the process. What bracha do you have that others don't? Number one, um, I could feel very much, you know, when it comes, you know, happy times. I feel very happy, you know. I guess I live with like Yom Tovim and like you know. Yeah, so that's I was gonna say. Take that to Yiddishkeit, Yom Tovim. You can feel an Elul. It's not Rishchaydish El. You can feel a Rishchaydish El. You can feel Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. You can feel a Tishabav. Right. Yes. Right. And then there's, you know, I guess more of a creative part of me that I could think of different ideas and concepts that most, you know, people don't... People don't even begin to notice what you see. What you see clearly, they won't even begin to see a hint of it. Right, right. That's right. Even like in in Ruchnius areas, like a lot of, like, different, um, I guess, like, deeper concepts. Like, I I enjoy getting very deep into things. Like, thinking very deep. Now let's go to some of those negatives. I guess one of them is I, I get very bothered when things just don't go the way I want them to go. That's right. What else? Um, 
I guess when, once you feel things, like you're more at risk to like, get depressed. or That's right. More risk for battling up emotions. So you can get depressed when you keep it in. You can get frustrated. You can get angry. Yes. Right. Part of it, based on the creativity. If you cannot use your creativity or you don't see where you can do it in the near future, you can again get down, sad. These things can knock you down. As right, well as right. if you share some of your ideas with people that aren't as creative and they'll give you 50 reasons why you won't be successful, that could be one of the biggest turndowns for an emotional person. That can shut you down for weeks without someone even knowing what they did. They just gave their opinion. Wow, I hear that. Yeah. And just remember, it is a bracha like every nature and it is a issue like every nature. If we don't learn how to master it, and with time, we learn to master it. Baruch? You're, you're basically saying the way I was going in song now, but just like expressing it in a healthy way and just amazing away the emotions, then eventually you're saying it'll get... Eventually, you know, I, I guess, with awareness, that's why we've created the awareness. Awareness that you're an emotional person. And when you start getting that, like when your emotions go above that number six, stop breathing and tell yourself whatever your real name is. Baruch, calm down. It's okay. I met yesterday someone, and I was talking to this person. This person's talking about how amazing everything is. And in my mind, I had to go, Mordechai, it's just from their perception. They don't have the creativity, or they don't have whatever it is that you've got. Recognize that in their like say their small vision, everything is amazing. You do not stop thinking for a second that wow, that is the path of 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 correctness, sort of. And I need to do that all the time, being that I have or the talents that I have, Baruch Hashem. But I can hear someone talk and go, wow, that is exactly or a point that I was looking for. And I got to tell myself, no, 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 no. Remember from experience, to every positive, there's a negative balance to that. What is the negative side? And then you don't get caught up into the rush. But I still allow myself to feel that rush. This way I can allow myself to feel my creativities and to be creative. So when someone writes a book, for an example, one of the first rules are when you're in the scrap stage, like when you're just writing, you need to jot down every thought. When I wrote the Shiurim, I need to write down all the thoughts and all random times that they come. Then we start organizing it. Organization is a different level. To let the creativity flow, it's like the wave. When you watch a wave, sometimes it comes from the right side, sometimes from the sometimes a wave will be bigger, will be smaller. One will overlap the second one. It's without a solid pattern. Make sense? Emotions are meant to be let running, to flow. But then we've got to balance it as well. All right. We are going to be going to my pleasure. We're going to be going to Bela. Bela. On line three, thank you for holding. The number to call in is 718-683-5858-718-683-5858. Bela, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hi. Um, first of all, I'd like, <clears throat> I'd like to thank you again. I'm really enjoying this um, these two hours. Ah, my pleasure. So am I. Um, first, I want to make a comment on something someone said last week, and then I have a question. Go ahead. Um, last week, someone called in about their son-in-law. Yes, a lot of feedback about that question as well. Yeah, you know what I wanted to say? I mean, I don't have married children yet. My well, why don't you first just share what the question was, just say what her question or her comment was, um, and she then... Was, she was having some, um, I should say, rubbing each other the wrong way or some discomfort with the relationship between her and her son-in-law. Yes. Um... And you mentioned to her 
to what you always tell people, and I love hearing, um, that we're the people that need to change, or be honest, whichever way, more understanding, or whatever way. We, I think that's what I heard. Like, that's right. It's, it's about her and not about her son-in-law. Right. Well, let's clarify. It is about her son-in-law. He has one style. It's possible. It's mm-hmm. possible that she said, as she called it, that he is a chutzpahdik, that he wasn't mm-hmm. taught COVID. That is a possibility. We're not knocking mm-hmm. that away. Mm-hmm. But from experience, most of the time, these are two different natures that are rubbing against each other. And we are the ones that are in the position of changing because we're the ones asking the question how we can be less sensitive, how we can learn to be more assertive, how we can learn to be more verbal. And mm-hmm. that's why I ref- that's why I made the recommendation for her to look for her components and what she can do to change. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I just want to make a comment about um, your sort of uncertainty afterwards about I think someone sent a message that that you didn't hear both sides of the story? Yes. Oh, I didn't even realize I mentioned that. Yeah, I got a couple of messages for and against that message, yes. Yeah. I was just going to say that, in my humble opinion, even if something is, you know, even if there is what you call another side of the story, the answer is still the same. Um, it's, it's about us. You know, we can't change other people. Thank you. I really appreciate it because that is the answer that I believe in. And honestly, you know, maybe there is another side of the story, and maybe the change is going to have to be a little different, but it's not about the other person. I like to tell my kids that if we wait for others, and and myself, we wait for other people to change, we say in Yiddish, we're going to have to Oh, you bet, yeah. I just, I just, you know, it's it's just, it's it's about us. We, you know, even if he's right, we we could choose to be dead right, you know. it's all about us. I was just going to make that comment. That's right. I like that. I, I even like those words that you said. We can choose to be dead right and be dead and still be right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's um, hear your so question. I, my question is, um, I have a son that's 18. Yes. Baruch Hashem doing very well, learning well, um, has a great attitude, helps me always. Baruch Hashem, a very good child. Baruch Hashem. He has... Um, he is telling me about, he's a very straightforward, very, you know, that kind of person listens to the rules, does what's right. Um, he's telling me that he sometimes, he's feeling like he sometimes looks absurd because of that. Um, I'm sorry, so say, that, an example. say that again. You have an 18-year-old son that... He's very in the, um, I would almost say in the box. Like he listens to rules, he does things right. He happens yeah. to have a sense of humor, but he's that kind of person okay. that goes right. with the flow, follows rules, does well with authority. Um, he's telling me that he sometimes feels absurd about it between his friends. He feels what? He feels, he feels funny. He feels weird. Like Which the part? kids are telling him, like, why do you always have to... Like sometimes in Yeshiva they have to pay a knas for something. This just came up now, so I'm using this example. And he's paying it, you know, if he was late or whatever he did. So he pays it. And all his years in Yeshiva, the kids are like making fun of him, you know. He doesn't have that extra like wit or... Let me ask you, did you call a couple of weeks ago about someone and we discussed about Asperger's? No. No, okay. Did you call? Okay, fine. I, I thought I recognized the voice. I did call about a different child. I I remember you telling me that it was me. Okay. What was the question then? Um, it was about a different child. Um, well, I let's, thought... 
let's go take this. About. Let's go back to your 18-year-old son. Okay, my question is like this. First of all, this time, like, I'm quite sure it's not about, it's not about me because I never got involved. Like, he's telling me, well, what should I do, what should I do? So Let my, me ask you something. Let's take a step back. Why is it not about us, even if that story is not about you? Let, let me give an example. Let's take the example where a parent is missing confidence. Mm -hmm. So now, this parent did not know how to teach their children that when someone questions you, mm -hmm. or when someone even will threaten you, how to be able to respond, what's the appropriate, what's the safe response, how to protect yourself. And many times people just take beaten up over and over because the parents didn't have the tools to teach them as a kid. Now they're 40 and 50 years old and they still don't have the tools because they never took any classes, they didn't read any books, they didn't do any self-help information how to change. And anything that we don't create an awareness into change or we don't think about won't be changed. I hear you. Actually, my question is if I should let him, if I, if he needs tools now or if he has, if, if I have to step out, like he's 18. Well, I don't I didn't, know. Well, why is there a steer? Why getting tools and you stepping back? Why are the two opposites? Why can't they be the same? Um, it looks different to me. One is easier. It's like, I mean, it's saying, you know, you'll figure it out. I'll dive in for you. And one is, let Wait, me see how I can get tool? you help. Um, I don't believe in that as a tool. I step back, you figure it out. Well, after we broke someone's leg, we told them, now you call out, now figure it out. I don't mean My to blame you. My question is, if he has a broken leg. No, I want to create, well, that's I just want to create an awareness. Like, I don't know if he has Wait, a broken hold leg. hold on. Let's stop a second. I just want to create this awareness. I hear many times parents say, let's say in play groups or when kids are together, let the kids fight it out. Let the kids figure it out. Uh -huh. You can't tell kids to figure it out if we don't give them the tools out to figure it out. If a person is sick, I won't send you to a doctor, but figure it out. Now, I just want to create the awareness. I don't mean to question you per se. Uh -huh. You can't expect an 18-year-old boy to figure it out if we don't give him the books or the magachirum to connect to or the therapist to connect to or the awareness on how to deal with it. My question is, if it's a broken leg, I don't know. He's doing fine. Like, why do I have to? Now this let's is bothering take it to him. you. I now let me take it to you. Let's go to you. Is it possible that you are concerned and you're very worried whenever your kids have a little bit of a problem? Because I will tell you, this is a very normal problem for an 18-year-old to have. And then so that's gonna... why I'm calling in. I don't know. So if let it's me normal, ask you, have then you gone I'm to therapy fine. since the I don't last know time I recommended? Normal. What is it? Have you gone to therapy or spoken to anyone or read I a self-help? Yeah, I'm in a 12-step room. I'm 12 talking step room. Hold to on, always... Hold on, let's so... clarify. 12-step room is group therapy. That's not individual therapy. Don't confuse mm -hmm. the two. 12-step does not do what therapy does, individual therapy. Individual therapy does not do what 12-step therapy. We're mixing up the two. Imagine you have a foot is bothering you and you're going to the pediatrician and then there's a specific area by your knee mm -hmm. where you need now a, a, a different doctor or in your hand, they might know a pediatrician will know, uh, I'm sorry, not a pediatrician, a podiatrist will know what to tell you about your foot, but won't really mm -hmm. know, will know basically about the hands. Let's not confuse 12-step therapy with individual mm -hmm. therapy. In fact, if you do the real 12-step, 12-step starts off at every reading. This is not in place of therapy, and those that need therapy need to go for therapy. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Um... Not then you're, I am, then you're not in similar. a real 12-step. All 12 steps start with that hakdama. They've got four or five hakdamas that they do. I do not know what 12-step what here, and there's, a, there's an official four or five. Yeah, we do the readings. We do the format. No, 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 not the it format. Could be. I don't remember. It could be. I don't remember these words, but well, maybe something for that. Every single one must start with this. For this specific reason, means there is a misconception of people 
that we're in a group and we give group is meant for chizik. Group is meant when you hear other people going through similar to you. Group mm -hmm. is meant when when you're feeling down and you feel no one understands you. At least there's someone that understands you. That's why in the twelve step there are also sponsors and sponsors say we're uh -huh. not a therapist. Uh -huh. Understand? Do you have a sponsor even? Yeah, I have three. Then, whoa, something is very wrong. There's three sponsors and you don't have one therapist? You're, I, I don't want to question your 12-step group, but something is wrong with a 12-step group. Okay, so what, could you please reiterate what, you, reiterate what you said? What do I have to learn now? How do I go? Uh, it sounds like what? there might be anxiety and other stuff going on. And that, for myself? For my child? For yourself. Only yourself. Oh, okay. just, just let's go back. Let's go to your first positive that you recommended. The first comment that was so uh -huh. beautifully said, when we change ourselves, our environment right. changes around us. Inner work needs to be done with a one-on-one -on -one therapist. That's inner. You cannot do that in a three-minute of sharing or five-minute of sharing. Okay. Inner work is 45-minute sessions, and many of my clients know. I tell them, you're coming in here. I cannot do my job in 45 minutes. you got to do an hour and a half. You need a double session, one-on-one -on -one only focused on you. That mm -hmm. is one-on-one -on -one therapy. Now, one-on-one -on -one therapy cannot give chizuk. And that's why people need the group chizik, need the group awareness to start having. The, part of this phone mm -hmm. line, part mm -hmm. of this radio is almost like group therapy where people are listening and people going, oh, wow, I have the same issue. Oh, I don't have to keep it a secret. You know in group, how many times do people go to 12-step and they remain yeah. quiet for 5 to 10 meetings before they open up? Mm -hmm. But let me first clarify, every single group meeting, at least in the Al-Anon groups and all those other groups that I know of, legally, they do it for legal purposes, say this is not in place of therapy. Mm -hmm. Therapy must be done. If therapy is needed, seek out therapy because they don't either want to be sued when someone needs therapy. Yeah. So I what do I want to learn? I now? was in a group there. I was in an, in an Al-Anon meeting where someone mm -hmm. is saying, I'm already going 12 years to group to Al-Anon and bashing therapist in her two minutes. And I'm saying, Rabbi Shalalem, you really need therapy. Now you don't need Al-Anon. And there's a place mm -hmm. for both. But, I let, but people choose to hear what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. So what do I want to learn now in short? Go to a therapist that will be their guidance. Okay. Somewhere you're still holding on. Somewhere you still didn't get the balance. With three sponsors, something is wrong. It, it just nothing is adding up to me about this. Mm -hmm. I'm even questioning the Al-Anon. How many recovered people are in the group? Many. Okay. From those recovered people, how many of them go to other Al-Anon, to official Al-Anon groups, let's say? 12-step groups. Quite a few. Okay. I wonder. I'm sorry, just a question. It's just not adding up from okay. what I've seen of group. It's just this group is a little different. But yeah. anyhow, keep on going to that. But to have three sponsors is also sounding like very needy, like you have different people backing you up at all times. It's too much. It, it's, it's, it's not standing on your own. It's to have a sponsor when you need it. How often do you mm -hmm. speak to your sponsors? Um, one is just... Uh they're not, it's not really the case, but it's just hard for me to go on air with this. It's okay, not, I'm not so worried about that part. Maybe, I'm not, wanna, I'm not needing apologize. them all. I speak once a Let week me take a step now. back. I don't know really your case. I don't even know yeah. the group. I, I have okay. no idea what's going on. I'm yeah. sorry. It's I, I really right. want to retract. I'm, I'm Let, let's just create yeah. the awareness. In the awarenesses, Al-Anon teaches you, and all those groups for the 12 steps is that you, when you need individual therapy, go for right. that. It mm -hmm. does not do that. Just like all therapists, I shouldn't say all, most therapists acknowledge the power to group therapy and why we refer mm -hmm. to group therapy. It's not a steer group therapy to one-on-one -on -one yeah. therapy. They work hand-in-hand, -hand, and people need both. So, yeah, or it could just mean that in one area, we, in, in many areas we get better, and in one area we still need some touch-ups. 
That's it. And that's exactly why we go to individual therapy when it's needed. And that's why yeah. sometimes individual therapy is needed. And then when it's not needed anymore, then you refer it out to group therapy. Right. I just had a client where we had to refer, where we referred to group therapy and we called up Rev. David Cohn. Is it okay? Because there were guy in there. It's a firm person. We just mm -hmm. work with the Rev. Even though we're given, mm -hmm. but we still don't go, I don't like going with blanket heterum. I like doing individual, right. where, uh, whatever that it was. And, and for mm -hmm. this person, for this case, got a definite yes. Right. Okay. Thank you for your time. Excellent. Thank you. And I want to apologize because there could be so much more to what you're saying, to what's going on that I'm not aware of. Just wanted to create that. It's all right. I'm handling it. Okay. Thank you. So just, <laughs> just find someone. Ask one of those sponsors who they'd recommend for an individual therapist. Try it. Take three sessions. And if you're brave enough, I shouldn't say brave enough, if you feel safe enough to share it on air, I'd love you to share the 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 experience and also share the difference of your experience of individual therapy and the difference of group therapy because they are very different. Each are extremely powerful and each are needed. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Excellent. We're going to go to Bina next. I just would like to read a question that we got, uh, a text that we got, and I feel it's important. Hi, I listened to your phone line about a year ago, Erev Rosh Hashanah. You're speaking about asking Hashem to give you a challenge for you to be able to overcome it and grow. And to grow from it. So I took this idea. I felt I was ready for it. And I had the challenge, Baruch Hashem. And I grew a lot. When is the time to see the success? Is the time during or at the end of the year? I find myself growing up, going up and down, feeling, success, feeling successful. Then other times, more, sometimes I fail. Thanks a lot for your programs. They're amazing. I would like to share with everyone a bit of information. And then we are going to address this question. Number one. Thanks to our wonderful technician, Aaron, over here, my website is now up and running. So if you go to winnerformula.com, as I've mentioned, we are now giving completely for free to download all 61 or 62 shiurim that I've got. You can go to the website and download it. It's winnerformula.com. You can download it straight from there. The Yiddish programs, you can only get through either in shiurim or from their website or however they've got their centers. But from my program, from my website you're able to do that people have also asked for my daily questions and answers we have over there a section where you can click on that and you can see every question not every question because we have about five six hundred of them but since i've put them on a different section there are about 200 and i think today was 67 or 68 questions that were answered from about 95 was both yiddish and english and you're able to see which question is which so you can read the questions if you want to hear the answer you can just go to the phone line at 718-298-2011, and you can download, or not download, but you can see the questions and listen to the direct question that you feel might be appropriate for you. Now, to this question, I'll share what I've shared with people on the phone line was before this, a year ago, Rosh Hashanah, I asked one of my friends to give me a bracha, and the bracha was that, this is again just for me personal, when I get a bracha saying, just be matzleach, everything should go easy and smooth, to me, that. I always daven for peace, but smoothness is not how I feel we grow. I feel we grow when the Rabbi Shalom gives us challenges. And at the same time, the peacefulness after the challenge. The tefillah, or the brach that I ask this person to give me is that if the Rabbi Shalom believes in me to take a challenge, he should give it to me. I should be strong enough to take it, and I should be able to see it and appreciate it. But I don't want a year of just smoothness. That's not, just, that's not who I am, and that's not what I believe it is. And... I appreciated that bracha, and boy, has there been ups and downs, major ups and major downs. But Baruch Hashem, I can say, I thank the Rabbi Nishleilam for every step and for every growth that I've done. 
And this year, there's been some major growths. If I would, if I would need to look back the last couple of years, I would say this year alone was a major growth within myself. And a lot of them had to be unfortunate, but in learning to say no or being at ease with myself with setting boundaries, which is saying yes to other stuff. So I dropped or I stopped using my cell phone and several other points which I have been able to say no to with having a, a healthy boundary and be pretty at ease with it with a lot of difficulty. But that was, I would say, from my biggest growths this year, dropping a lot of the codependence that I've been having. So I thank the Rabbi Nishlam for that. Now, your question was, how do you know when you're ready for that? So I would refer you to go to my website. You know, I could even look up over here. And I have, now that you could download the program, there is a program special for called end-of-year analysis. And that is a share that I gave, how I believe the, not I shouldn't say how I believe, but how the Rabbi Nishleilam, with, with Mekoymus, with Ma Mekoymus, of course, Sorry, just looking it up. Of where we are able to take life, set up balances, structures, goals, when we're going to get there, and then when we will question ourselves and when we won't question ourselves. What that means is, if you're going to try to set a goal, and within three days, did I get to the goal? Am I there yet? Then we are going to feel broken down. We're going to get knocked down. So every business has a time when it does its an evaluation. If we can't do that, if we evaluate too many times, we're going to fall down. Now let's take it to the next level. If you understand, if you're able to take it to yourself, and or if you don't do that evaluation, then unfortunately we won't realize where we're going, and that's where I find so many people, when I get also the question of anxiety, that is the question that I get. You have lived most of your life without any introspection, without thinking at all about what's happening, without trying to think, why is this happening to me? All of a sudden you're having difficulties and now you just expect it to clear itself up. So the answer is we've got to start creating awareness. That takes time to create awareness. Now that we've got that awareness out there, now my answer to you is it's about a year since you've taken this upon yourself. Look at a scale. Are you going up or down since you're doing this? Since you're doing this? And if you're able to recognize that you're probably going up, then with Siata Deshmaya, you will appreciate all the growths that the Rabbi Shalom has put into you, that the Rabbi Shalom has believed in you, and we will thank him for that. I am looking over here, trying to speak to you and answer at the same time, and I'm finding it a bit challenging, so I'm not able to concentrate and do that. So I would just recommend for you to go to the website, winnerformula.com, and there I've got the numbers and each of the programs, what they are, and this way you can download it, listen to it on the phone line, however you'd prefer and we'd like to thank Aaron for doing what an amazing job on this website. We are going to Bini or Bina. You're on the air with Mordechai. Yes. Hi. Um, I am a teacher for eight-year-old girls, and I know that in this coming year, the class that I'm going to be having is going to have a selective mute child in my class. Yes. Um, the girl, as far as I know, has never spoken in school since she started school when she was three years old. She is very, like a very sweet child. She interacts beautifully with the girls, but everything without talking. But there is, like now when she is getting older, it is affecting her social status. She used to be How very popular, and now How little old? kids can play and laugh around and they, even if girl? they don't speak. How, but now How as she gets older, it doesn't affect How her. How old is this girl? Talk. How old is this girl? Let me ask that again. How old is this girl? What age are you going to be teaching? Um, she's gonna. She's probably seven now. Seven. 
Do you know, have they gone to a therapist? They have been to many, many therapists and people that specialize in this area, but still she doesn't speak. But she was in pre-1A, by the end of the year she did whisper a little bit, but then when she entered first grade, the change like had her again be quiet, and she was quiet throughout the entire year. She's also a little bit, like, stubborn. She could be very stubborn. But she's very, generally very cute. Like, she behaves nicely. She doesn't speak the whole time. Okay, so now what is your question? My question is, like, now that I'm going to be getting her into my class, if you have any different suggestions what I can do to, to finally get her to speak. So you want to be able to answer her, to be able to help her, to do therapy when other therapists have failed? No, I, I am very like well aware that she probably won't speak in my class, but I, like, I want to do what I can do, like to ask people that I can to find out if she See, here's where we need to recognize methods. two I points. I would like to share with everything. you. Okay, so I'd like to first create the awareness. First step number one is your question is unbelievable that you want to help. Let's start there. Let's now go with different roles. Many times when we want to help someone, we might even be doing more damage and more harm if we don't know what we're doing. And selective mute can happen for one out of several reasons. I'm going to mention some of them and I'll even share with you an experience that I've had with someone. So can be someone went through a trauma in school and they weren't able to get that out. Which means if you're going to push them, we will re-injure the trauma and we will cause it greater harm so pushing someone might be the worst thing to do then there might be other issues going on where they're not feeling safe or confident why again pushing them isn't the right solution but giving them the freedom or the space maybe one-on-one -on -one, to talk to someone maybe not at first but to have patience for them to open up which is sometimes what a therapist does is you'll take three or four sessions just to start connecting first type maybe right and to try Hi, to that's get true and i know that that was the mahal of that uh, like the, the therapist said, and that's what the teachers did. That's probably what I'm going to do. I was just wondering if you have any now other... Now let's take the next step. But again, I cannot give you guidance without actually seeing the person because that's the point in therapy. What works for one will not work for another, or let's do even worse. What will benefit someone might harm a second person. Now let's take to a case where I'm not huge believing in, but in one case it was the case where I had a selective mute. And I felt right away at the third session, this person is using it for manipulation and control, not because this person's selective mute. And the family is more codependent and the kid was able to get away with it. We're together working with the schools. We were very assertive, very tough on that kid. And it's amazing of being about eight years selective mute in school, this kid was talking. It's a battle. They did a chart. They threw the kid out of class for several days. It was tough, but we did it. And then all it was was behavior. But we did not do that, and the school asked me as the therapist that sees the person, is the person strong enough to handle it? And I agreed and said yes. I don't want any of these tips and tools to be suggested what has to happen. What is the right thing to do? There is no right thing to do in a selective mute. It is a, it is a diagnosis. It is a real thing. It's not a mishigas or a crank. Because I've also worked on selective mutes where there are major trauma that they've never shared and pushing them would have been the worst thing in the world. So what I would like to give you credit for and to every parent listening out there, listen to our teachers. They are starting school in the next week or two, some of them in the next couple of days. 
they get to classes and they spend time thinking about their kids and they're asking, how can I better the kids? We know teachers are not paid on time, most of them. We do know that their pay is barely minimum to survive. And yet you, teacher, are calling in to know how to help your students. I think that is something that happens all the time and our teachers don't get the credit for that, are not being acknowledged for that. Correct? Oh, I guess so, yeah. Exactly. So I'd like to thank you for the question. And just to create the awareness with you, what I would maybe recommend to the family is if maybe they send this kid back to a therapist, but now tell the therapist they're going to be in contact with the teacher. So now we can actually have eyes and ears and someone to implement the practices. So if she might go to a therapist and then the therapist will say, okay, this week, once a day, you're going to raise your hand or you're going to whisper, you're going to write your question. And this way you start from there. If the therapist feels they have a teacher, so much more can get done. So that would really be my recommendation, how to really help this girl. Someone that has experience with selective mute or at least willing to go there. And by the way, I want to give this quick um, little uh, information. I don't have an extensive practice with selective mute. And when the several people that come to me asked me to try anyhow because they weren't successful, I said, fine. We'll see out of the I'm willing to give it a shot. But there are some therapists that specialize in selective mutism. So I would recommend either do that or go to a therapist that might not be that experienced, but give it five to 10 sessions to see results. We don't see results, change, or go for another referral. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you very, very much. We are going all the way to England. We've got Avram from England. You're on the air with Mordechai. Yes, hello, Mordechai. Shalom Aleichem. I'd like to pass on Aksanya and give you highly, highly um, appreciation and acknowledgement and to Emma's um, real Makatoy from far, far from England. Good. My Can wife you tell started me why? listening. Huh? Can you share with me what part, of, what, what Hakar Sotayv do you have? How do you feel I have benefited your life in any small way? Because, you know, in a marriage life is both the wife is the husband and the husband is the wife. Yes. So my wife is sticked and glued to your hotline for I don't know how long. And it came to a point that I said to my wife, we'll make a time that when Watkawamig is available and we're going to phone him up. So, I mean, it's from my personal issue, what I have. Just she made sure that that should be available. So I have now the few minutes to give you a ring. And so that's I wanted to share with you something. Okay, please go right ahead. So thank you for sending time for you and your wife. In fact, you know something? I wish I would have my wife watching this. At least I can say I'm having with her. You know, that would like really be great for me if I could have my wife sitting right next to me and like, what do you think? Because that would be interesting to see husband and wife take questions on air. No, it's not it's husband and wife. It's just my wife, um, how should I say it? Uh, through my wife, I came, I came, I came to your line. I'm oh. not, uh, that's, what I, that's what I meant to say. She brought me here through, through uh, so much about So I came to a point that oh, I want to so ask you a ask question. You, so let me then ask my question again. What detail did you benefit from listening to the line? I heard, I heard a lot of questions. I mean, it's very hard to say. Hashem, you have so much knowledge in all kinds of fields and therapy and chinach and ashkufa and etc. etc. That's what mom should say. Wow, thank you. And you can't say it on ego achas. I mean, thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, great. So, Rabbi Avram, let's go ahead and hear your question all the way from <laughs> So, my question is, my question is like this, that I'm a little bit a person, an emotional person, and I work together with someone. 
I don't, I don't have such a good English. Oh, you, you understand what I said? I have you clear. Your English is exactly what I need. It's excellent. Okay. So, so he's a little bit more stachetic, and he a lot of times he, it's the three categories when he can start stacking. So let's say meaning to say like. Um, uh, it's very hard to explain how I mean to say. Let's say, um, yeah, um, good morning, everyone. Yeah, like, okay. So, so most of the times, what happens is, or it was I said something beforehand, what I didn't realize. So that's number one. Or number two, I would realize something and then he'll pay me back. Uh, but the the end of the line is what I want to bring to the point. The point is that even though he told me oh, that you know if I come from a Galician, and I'm and I'm uh, my my um, language, my vocabulary is more like that. And you you maybe more Hungarian, so that's why you're like that. So I always say you know. So I always tell them. So at the end of the day, what happens is that he gets cooled down, and then a day afterwards he can tell me you know. Why I told you that and that, that I insulted you is because that I, I want you to do like that, you should do like this, and you didn't, uh, you didn't do it. So I so always go back to the first point. So why can't you tell me that? Why can't you tell me that in the first place? Instead of stressing me and making me hard feelings and making a whole issue out of it, I knew something is bothering you, I tell him. So how about come to the first place and tell me? And like that. We'll, we'll communicate, and I'll, if I hurt you, I'll tell you sorry. And most of the time, he doesn't have an answer. I know he says that I'm sorry. Why should I? Why should I bend to your way of communication? Let's Maybe stop you a bend to my Great. way. Then. What is your question so, now? Great, I got it. I hear your question. Let's see if you get your question. What is your question? So my question is how to deal with him. Should I ignore? One time I had a strength. This Let's is what I take tell a step you. back. Hold on. Hold on. Let's just, okay. just take your question because we got it all there. We don't have to go all over. Let's just take your question. Your question is you have an interaction with a coworker. Let it be a friend. Let it be in yeshiva. Let it be a chavruza. Let it even be a wife. Where you have one style of speaking, they have another style of speaking. And I'm going okay. to even give you the way you've said it, the haskama. Your way of speaking is healthier. Only if you're an emotional you. type person. But let's take it based on our language, that you speak my language, and most of our listeners speak our language, quote-unquote. We'll call your language healthy. Now, what happens if you're dealing with someone that says, I don't want to learn your language? That is basically your question. Now, if right. we can take out the word healthy and say, I speak Hungarian, because let's say you said you're more Ungarish, so Hungarian, and they are more Galicianish, so they're speaking Polish. It's two different right. languages, and now you both are fighting over which language are we going to speak. Are we going to? Are you going to learn Hungarian? Is he going to learn Hungarian, or are you going to learn Polish? That is your question. Basically, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's classic. It's quite sweet how you brought it out so clearly. Yeah, yeah, yes. that's what it is. Yes. And now, since as we had that Bela caller, what she said, we have no power in changing anyone else but ourselves. By us, what we need to do is to say. Do I, to interact with this person, I'm going to need to learn some Polish. That's a reality. Yeah. However, and here's the big where the however comes in, I don't want to learn Polish all the time. I don't want to become a Polish-speaking person. Then you might say, I'll, there will be times when I speak to you on my terms, but at times when you speak your terms and I don't want to learn your language, or I don't want to speak your language, I just will turn it off. So just like a phone, you have a choice which dial, which number to call. You will call your mother, you will call your wife, you will call your children, you will call your work. You have a choice who to dial, and you also have a choice when to go, hang up, 
this person will lose their power because they only have one language and you don't want to speak their language and they're trying to call you. You just won't pick up the phone. You'll put it on silent. Now, either they will get more frustrated and try to shtech you more, which you still oh, will just that's be... What, that's what he does, right? C- c- exactly. And then what but you I do is then you step away. Right? You yeah. create space. You step away or then you create some more tools, which one of them is you just pick up the hands and you have your hand like in front of your face and you tell the person, like, if you see it, I'm raising my hand saying... When I raise my hand, it means I'm not going to say a word. It just means it's your issue. And since you're choosing not to change languages, that's acceptable. But I still choose not to speak to you. And I don't want to use words to say that anymore. So I'm just going to raise my hand. And you'll figure out and I will walk away. And then you actually walk away. Again, and then it gets you. So, so again, so I'll tell him that I'm raising, I'm raising my hand, meaning to say that he should stop speaking like that? Or either stop speaking or that you won't listen anymore. What you'll what you explain to him is, if he's a person that listens to understand the two concepts, Polish and Hungarian, we speak different languages. I am choosing to lear, learn your language when I want to learn it, not to become a Polish. When I don't want to learn it, I am just not going to learn it until you learn to speak Hungarian. And there are times when I'm not in the mood of hearing your language, I will raise my hand and say, not now. And that is something that marriage, in marriage counseling, that is a very important lesson to learn. Husbands and wives come from different programs. We need to know how to start saying, this is now a pained program that you're doing, and I am not participating in that. And some of the choices are walking away for a couple of minutes. Some of the choices are putting on a headphone of music. Some of the choices are to continue what you're doing even though the spouse has asked. Now, this is not 80% of the time. I don't want to get messages. Mordecai, why are we going to say ignore your spouse when they don't speak the way you want? No, I'm not talking about controls and manipulators. What I'm saying is you also need to have that tool. That should be done about 10% of the time. Or, or unfortunately, if you're married to a spouse which has got a major mental disorder and they refuse to go for therapy, you might be doing this 80% of the time, only in that case, on the guidance of a therapist that met both. But other than that, you, Rebbe Avram, need to learn how 20% of the time to 10% of the time to be able to walk away from him. When he is pained, you don't have to be his carbon. When okay, he's angry so how, at his so, wife, he's angry at work, he will let it out on you. You don't have right, to be definitely. that carbon. You need to learn how to protect yourself. Oh, so so that's that's so that's one way of picking up my hands and just walking away. Several tools or staying there, picking up the hand and like going, mm mm, mm mm, I'm not listening. Or you completely ignore the guy. You don't even make eye contact. You continue doing what you're doing. He'll go, you ignoring me? And you go, sorry. You know, you just don't look up. He will get the hint right away. Nonverbal language means language without speaking. Our body language speaks a lot more than words. When it's a shtech and you completely ignore it, just continue talking about what you said or just walk away mid-sentence, you bet he will not do that more than two or three times. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, I, tr- I tried it. I tried it to, be, to, to stay silent. When I had the real, real big mochumer, and it worked quite good. It took three days till it cooled down, and it worked very, very good. That's right. And now, as you learn to master this concept of the word of the world, of you being more expressive to understand that people are very short mouth, and they're allowed to be that way. Their bunch of them has given them credit, has given them a nature, has given them a strength through that, and we won't allow them to use their strength. What do you mean? That I should use my strength through him? No, to recognize that they do that. 
The Rabbanishpadim made them short mouth, short words. And their job is to learn how to be more balanced. But don't let's not say their system is wrong or our way is better. It's not. Right. He, he, he's brought up like that. Say that again? He is brought up That's like right, that. That's right. But I'm saying you need to feel comfortable understanding his language is right for him. Your language is right for you. And as we need to interact with more people, we need to learn and grow more. That's all. Thank okay, you, Rabbi thank Ram. you very much. My pleasure. My pleasure. And we are going to be going to Sarah next. Just before we go to Sarah, I found the program for the question that we had about how to do end-of-year analysis, how not to get broken down at the end of the year. I still made some Averis. I don't want to say that there's a heter for that, but what I will say is that's part of our job to learn and to grow. And... If we can recognize it, we grow this year more than last year. Did the Aveiro, was it less intense? Was I able to hold back most times? Did I have a bigger fight? Did I grow? Did I accomplish 10 more mitzvahs I was able to do now more this year? Did I take upon myself more than other years? And that's the growth. That is a program number 30. So it's download on the website, winnerformula.com, winnerformula.com, where it's available to download all the English theorem for free. And you're able to get the daily, uh, see, also read the daily motivational quotes and also the messages, the questions and answers with the numbers that they are. So we're going to be taking that. Let us go to, again, to Sarah on line two. You're on the air with Mordechai. Hi. I just want to tell you, I just texted a question so I wasn't sure you'd have time to take my call. But my question is, as a teacher, how do I help my student understand the reason and... Um, the importance of taking medication for ADD. Um, he has, uh, he is very negative towards it. It's a huge fight every single day, like temper tantrums type of thing. And school at home, it, it's it's a sad situation. And he really needs the medication. Like it's the difference between night and day when he takes it out when he doesn't. Let me take a little guess. Both parents are a little dysfunctional. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> I could tell you're a teacher, by the way. <laughs> All right, let me explain to you what the real problem is. The problem is not a kid taking medication. Kids with ADD take medication all the time and easily. All the time. What is really the issue over here is this kid does not have a normal structure of, I don't even want to use the word assertiveness, I really want to use the word structure. It means when there's a structure of mother, father, this is what we do. There's a structure of bedtime. There's a structure of when food is put on the table. There's a structure of when a kid can say no and how a kid says no. There's a structure of how we even fight authority. There's a safe way. If someone's upset at a police officer, you're allowed to verbalize it. You're not allowed to hit him. You're not allowed to scream at him. And if he says, okay, now you're obstructing justice, stop it. Now you can't. We need to do things. Then they have a right to rest. But there's a way to speak. Okay. If families are not able to teach children any structure means yes and no, on and off, then what happens is whenever they don't want to do something, they react to all situations, big and small, with the same tantrum that they do. Because they know that works on their parents. So if the mother says, please bring me a spoon, no, I don't want to bring a spoon, you always bring me, blah, 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 blah. All the mother did was just ask you to bring a spoon. Now at the same time, if you're forcing the kid or telling the kid to go to sleep, no, I don't want to go to sleep, they'll use the same trick that works. Now, when I hear a question that a kid all over throws a tantrum, 
What it means is this kid has got no structure anywhere. So what the brain does is, instead of going from stress levels from 1 to 10, start at first 1, then 2, then 3, then 4, they know if I react stress 7 or 8 right away, most people give in, right away the brain goes from 0 to 7, <clears throat> from 0 to 8. So now, what mm -hmm. I heard in your question is, how do I take a kid that was not trained at all how to follow any rules, he throws tantrums for whatever he or she doesn't want, and now I got to get him to do something, but he throws such a high-level 7, 8, 9 fit that it's nothing that I, I don't deal with this. Right. Unfortunately, the answer was a lot more complicated than understanding the question. So number one is, uh, I don't even know where to start, number one. This is really the parenting. So let me give this little public announcement. So many people have been asking me what's happening with the parenting course and what was happening with the with the teacher structure course, which this is really all in that, I can tell you, Baruch Hashem, that goal that I've had, that I've been working on, I've just submitted it. I'm now waiting for about three weeks for the Rabbi Shalom to see if he'll say yes or no. If he says yes, wonderful. If he says no, out of the blue today, the Rabbi Shalom has actually, you know, I feel comfortable already sharing it with everyone. I've been working about over a year now on writing a book. I've probably spent maybe... 100 hours to 150 hours and Baruch Hashem was all done and I've just submitted it to one publishing house to publish and someone at Siata Deshmaya out of the blue today just sent me another publishing house said hey we're very interested so I've been waiting and just writing it and working and editing and triple editing just takes so much more time than I thought I thought I'll be done way before we thought we'd be done I thought we'd probably be done at Pesach time and it slept till about last week so really your question is something that is something that takes about four to six lessons just by giving you the tools, step one, from step one we build to step two to step three. And what you will find is that with certain people, all these kids that don't behave, they do behave. So I have parents tell me, I don't know why, at home the kid behaves, but in school we can't get him to behave, or vice versa, in school they behave and at home they don't. There are certain okay. tools and skills of behavioral tools. It's not emotional tools. This is behavior, strictly behavioral. How we can get a person doing things in a loving, comfortable way. Uh -huh. So I don't have the answer how to tell you. Forcing him will always continue to be the fight. It's really yeah, about... But it's very interesting. I could control him perfectly, just this aspect I can't. Okay, uh, then... Because the parents say, oh, we can't have to take it, so now you give it to him in school. So... We tried that, and I know now September is coming up, and the parents are going to say the same thing to me again, sign September. And I control, he's perfect, he's an angel by me. And I know at home he's not, but in terms of medication, he just will not listen to me. And I don't want to lose my authority just for this fight, you know what I mean? And actually, then I'd like to change my answer. You've just given me a bit of information, which I did not know, so thank you for that. So what you're saying is you really have control, and he really listens to you all the time at home, and in school, but at home... He doesn't, and you have, this is the one issue that he's not. Right, and when I go to his house, he won't listen to me at home, but okay. in school he listens to me. Okay, now when you would give him the medication, this would be at home or in the school? In school. Okay. Um, first, just to tell people, um, the question, uh, to ask your question or comment, you can call in the number 718-683-5858, 718 718-683-5858. Um, okay. First, how old is this kid? Can you give me just roughly, like between 6 and 8, 9 and 11? 11, 11. 9 and 11. 9 and 11. All right. 
if you can speak to this kid and be sort of treat him like an adult saying look we have a great communication first we want to understand why he's not taking it because now we know it's not a behavioral issue there's probably an underlying emotional issue it might be that parents tell him you take your add pill and then you'll be a normal kid or you didn't take your pill today and he might feel that now which sometimes people do and they now label the person saying oh you're taking pills you're crazy instead of add so what i would do is i would really educate first ask so question number one is why don't you want to take this? Whenever I ask you to do something, you do it. Why don't you want to take it? He might say, because only crazy people take it. He might take it saying, because I don't need it, my parents need it. He might say, because everyone always makes fun of me for taking that. He might say, people will look down at me for taking it. Once you can identify what it was, then you'll reassure him, I don't do that. To me, medication is if you have a strep throat, would you take the medication? So you have ADD, just take it. You're not crazy. You might want to form a team with him. How about I will tell no one that you are taking ADD medication that you took it. We won't tell anyone that you're taking it. So you don't want to take it at home. That will be your issue with mommy and tati. With me, just take it. You might so be able to tell that really. And I've also tried to explain to him why he has to take okay, it. And, and what did he I say? Tell him that other kids take it. I say, you don't even know how many kids take it. So he said, oh, tell me who takes it so I could pray for them so that they'll get better. So I said, no, 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 it's not. So then I decided that maybe he thinks like he's sick, you know? And... So I tried to go that route, explain to him that he's not sick, he's 100% normal, and, you know, it's a normal thing. There are a lot more people than we think take it. It's like nothing works. Can you ask him, is there anything I can do to take it, that you should take it? I could try that. No, it's, this sounds like something is blocking him. If they don't verbalize all the points, then sometimes that last little point, so they might verbalize four out of five points. If we can't get the then you can't heal it. Many times for clients, I need to ask some very personal questions. I go, I know this is not the issue that you're coming in about, but this issue will affect our therapy, and therefore we need to go to those areas. What else, ask him, what else can bother you? Are you afraid of comments? You want to start leading. Are you afraid of comments that people will say? Maybe it's not even me. Maybe it's other kids. Maybe it makes him feel uncomfortable. He couldn't express it. So let me tell you what you can ask him. When people take the ADD medication, ask him, is there a dryness in your mouth? Do you, do you get a headache? If it's too high a dosage or too low of a dosage, they might get a headache and kids might not be able to verbalize it. Right. Um, so he keeps on saying that um, he can't drink juice with it. So he keeps on saying, well, I can't drink juice. And between me and you, uh, he that's never not drinks true. juice anyway. I don't anyway. know what he's talking about. You cannot drink juice. From my, I'm not a doctor, but from my experience, you can drink juice 1,000% with it. Whatever. That's what, I, he was, that's what the parents were told. I don't know. Okay, so I would just find out. So here's again, you speak to the, the family because I'm not a doctor. I cannot say that. But from all my experience, it has not been the case. And let's get educated. You can. Yes, you can drink juice. What I'm mm -hmm. making an assumption the parent might say is that juice has got a lot of sugar. Sugar makes you hyper. Therefore, don't do that. But no, if you have, if you're taking the medication, you're able to take juice right. from my experience. Even drink coffee that's a stimulant and all that stuff. They might tell you don't drink too much coffee because coffee caffeine has a similar um, attribute that the medication does. But people are drinking coffee, one and two and three cups of coffee with it. So exactly. If his issue is juice, tell him if you can drink juice, would you then take the medication? It might just be that. He wouldn't. I know he wouldn't. He comes up with hundreds of excuses. That's so what come I'm up then with, so write down all hundred reasons and then tell him, okay, now how can I actually get you to do that? Is it something about the family? If we don't tell your parents that you're taking the medication, would you then take it? Because it seems like there's a major tug-of-war between him and the parents. Right, correct. So if we can even tell the kid maybe, you know what, 
mommy and Tati won't even know if you take it. I will have the medication on me, and I will give it to you in the morning, and I won't discuss it with them. Mm -hmm. If we can get the parents' issue out of your issue with them, that is when a lot can change. Okay. Make sense? Yes, I'll definitely try that. Unfortunately, the answer is simpler than the problem, because I feel the problem is really huge. I know, it's huge. (laughs) Yep. Good luck, and thank you for being such a great teacher. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. And the number to call in, we've got now some slots available, 718-683-5858, We've got from the Lakewood Scoop a question or two, and then we're going to also take, uh, actually, we've got three from the Lakewood Scoop. Number one, I am in a large family of girls and one or two boys. There are many times that one of the sisters who turns all of them against the minority, sister-in-laws, how does one go about stopping this? It happens at family simchas, at regular Shabbos tables, discussions, or family reunion trips. Thanks for your program. Wow. All this? Wow, that sounds a bit complicated. How do you change when there's large families and there are one sisters turning on? This is major family systems that are going on. And I'm just thinking which program to use, how to start doing. First of all, I would recommend the program about stop negotiating with terrorists. Because it teaches you how to start getting a team going. And that program on the website, you can either listen to it from there or download it, is number 16. Another one which I think can be a great benefit to a question like that is we all need one person to believe in us, number 59. And that is that I find that when so many people are feeling stuck or so many people are being angry, about what's going on in the families, because they're not feeling really loved and accepted. If we can just have a parent, when we feel strong, that will help us a lot. Then this is going to be my favorite one for you, number 53. Program number 53 to download or to listen to is Know Your Rights. When you know your rights, what's healthy, what's healthy relationship, now you can start looking on how to create that awareness. We are going to take another question from the Lakewood Scoop, and then we are going to be taking the questions of people that are calling in. Thank you. So again, the number is 718-683-5858. You're listening to your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW. That's Mordechai Weinberger, licensed clinical social worker. Thank you for your program. I'm an avid listener, and I have a question for you. How does a wife influence her husband to take on a share, even if is not really interested? Also, how does she accept his non-willing attitude without him downgrading in her eyes? Number one, this is classical shalom bias issue. Not shalom bias that your husband is wrong, that he doesn't want to take a share. Shalom bias issue that this is your issue. And let me share with you a program. Program number seven, especially made for you. How to embrace differences in business, friendship, and marriage. How do you get and how do you deal with people when they're different than you? How do you deal with partnership? In fact, instead of seeing one plus one, there's one of the Makairis over there that I bring down. I don't remember exactly where the source is, but we'll listen to it. That one plus one in marriage is 300. It's three. If each one puts in their 100, 100 plus 100 will equal 300. Which means, if your husband, the Rabbi Shalom, gave him the job that he is not that into Rachnius as the way you would like in a learning, but he might do chesed and you're pushing him to learn, you might not be doing your job of an Isha Kshayra, and I don't mean it as a woman that's being submissive. What I mean is to do your job to bring out your husband's best. And if the husband, if you're trying to push your wife 
to do the type of learning that you think, either you think she should be cooking and doing chesed while she is into telling the kids tires, then let her do that job. The Rabbi puts the couple together, let everyone do their job. There are countless stories, and the famous one is with Rav Shach, another one with the Satmar Rebbe, where a wife was coming and asking him a question in a, a halacha, and basically Rav Shach tells her, here's the broom, you're supposed to be fighting with your friend about which way do you sweep? Do you sweep this way, or is it quicker if you sweep the other way? Your job is not now your husband's rachnias. You're concerned about your children's rachnias? Go ahead and spend some time with the children. Make sure they daven in the morning. You can tell them to prepare dvatari to say the Shabbos Don't judge your husband by your eyes. This is not a question about respecting your husband because he's learning. You can only respect a husband if he's learning what you're learning. I'll tell you a secret. Do you know the amount of times I work on Talmidah Chacham on their Shalom Bayis and the wife isn't respecting him because of something else? I just heard from B'Shem, Rabbi Gamliel Rabinovich, for people that know in the Ashkenaz world, he's from the Big Mekubalim today in Eretz Yisrael. And he said that when he was looking for a Shidduch, his father-in-law is someone that basically just was a Shamus in the Besmedr, she says, but the other Bachram were looking for Rosh Hashivas for kids. And he says, I'm not saying they didn't turn out great, but what did it do to them? He looked for a wife that was right for him that will help him grow. If you have your perception that I can only respect a husband that is learning the way I expect learning, then you weren't ready for marriage. Or now you've got to start changing that. And here's where you need to speak to a guddle that will educate you about respecting a husband, about finding his strengths. That is something that a wife can do. Rebbe Kiva married someone that looked at him and said, wow, this guy is a shepherd. I see a guddle be Yisrael in him. And she was willing to allow him to leave for 12 years. And from that, how many thousands of Talmudim? And then for another 12 years. All because the power she saw in him. It's not by knocking him down. You need some basic tools and skills how to do that. You want him to learn how can you respect what he is doing now. We are going to go to Hindi. Hindi, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hello. First, of course, I would like to thank you for everything and your phone line and anything else. And, of course, I'll thank all the people that call in and make me aware of so many stuff. And I'm waiting for your book to come out. I'm so excited. Ah, thank you. <laughs> um, I have a question a little bit. Um, some like um, Rebbe Avram who called in. Yeah. I have a friend that I'm close with from when we're small. Yeah. And she is, she keeps on criticizing me. And when I speak to her on the phone, whatever, she's going to find a place where to criticize, like stupid stuff. And it annoys very much. And so I tried weaning the friendship a little. Yes. But I want to know if it's right or maybe I thought maybe it's a, a way where I should grow and how I could do it. So I want to hear your... The answer is both are correct. <laughs> Which means to... every relationship is going to help us grow. At the mm -hmm. same time, when we change, we grow out of certain relationships where we don't need certain relationships. Mm-hmm. So how can I grow? So you tell me, how can you grow? <laughs> well, I would. The question is, how should I take the criticism when she, when she criticizes me? It's such stupid criticism because I know it's like, let's say, let's give you one. So I can't find even a place where. Let's do role let's play. Say. I will be you, and you be her. So let's first recognize the two points. Number one, mm. number one is that yes, you need to learn how to deal with people that give you sharp remarks. In fact, I have one of the programs, I guess, wow, now that we got them all the way, you can listen to them and even download them so you can hear them on your MP3 players. And again, they're all free. 
mm-hmm. um, where we need to know how to protect ourselves. David HaMelech had that, where people would ask him the Shiloh, oh, what's the halacha if someone is, is a, if someone is a, a grandson, I'm not sure if it was, if someone is from Amoinomoyav, or they asked him another question about, basically saying about his yichas, that he's not such a yid, What's right. the halacha? See, he said the halacha is whatever he says. But yesh lechelik loylam haboy says. But hamalbum is pnei chaveri berabim, which mm-hmm. what you're doing ain't lechelik loylam haba. Right. Which means we need to know how to start answering for ourselves. We need to start having some tools. We got to develop a little bit of right. a backbone. Right. I tried that. Go ahead, try it, it with me. Gonna... Let's do a little assertiveness. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, ask me. I should ask you a question. Not ask about me. What? Act like her. Be, give me some of those snide remarks that she did. Wouldn't be, uh, it would be when we would discuss something. Let's say we both teach and we discuss the program that I do. Yes. She'll find something wrong in it. So, of course, for, first I'll try to explain her why I think it's right and why it's good. And then I'll tell you, you know what, this is my program and this is what I do. And if you don't find it well, then no problem. Then don't do it. Do yours. What is fine? And I'll validate her program. And that's it. Okay. But, it's going to keep on going this way. It's just how would you like to change it? Let's see. How about when you speak to her, you just share the I words, because this is very important. I feel when we speak many times, mm-hmm. criticized. When I come up with an idea, I feel criticized when you're probably just verbalizing a thought. So mm-hmm. what I would like is first for whenever you want to challenge me, first give me a positive about the idea, one or two okay. positives. Mm-hmm. As well as when you want to challenge it, if you can give a little hagdama also saying... I think the idea is great, but these points can be a problem. Instead of saying, the whole thing doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You might want to start teaching her the words to use. And once we've okay. got those words, now you will find that it doesn't hurt you. That is when we have two different styles working together, how we can learn that. Mm-hmm. Okay, looks good. Makes sense? So I'd like yeah. you to try that with me. So I'm going to tell okay. you now, I have an idea of writing a book. Now, mm-hmm. I will tell you that I've only shared it with one or two people because when ideas are so raw and it takes about a year's work to do, so mm-hmm. many problems can come across. There's a saying that Gemara does that David HaMelech used by Shlomo HaMelech when he came to anoint, to make Shlomo HaMelech, to Gezal Shlomo. It was from his castle to Nachal Gichon. It was like uh, less than a mile. And he says, let's mm-hmm. go right now. And the Gemara used a Lashon of Harba Nechshalom Yesh Baderach, I think it's me, Kan Ad Nachal Gichon. This one little mile or less than a mile, there can be so many points that will hold it back. Mm-hmm. And therefore, what the two, three people I did mention to, I gave them this huge hakdam. I'm going to tell you an idea. What do you uh-huh. think? If you like it, this is, what I, this is what I'd like to hear. What subject do you think? And I got the ideas from them. So when I right. run ideas by people, I've already trained them that the idea is so raw that if I get a strong no, it might affect me. Right. And mm-hmm. when we train people our language, once I'm clear and confident, and once I've worked it out in myself, it's very clear. But I am an emotional person and a verbal person that I think right. clearer when I talk. Mm-hmm. And therefore, what I tell the person is, I'm just discussing it. Or sometimes I want to just shoot my right. ideas, but just say it's a great idea. Right. But I'm talking about a program that I, I was not asking her address. We're just discussing with a program, let's say, I was doing already. When I, do, when I want to know about a program, I would do it that way. But we're just talking about simple things, not... We're just plain tongue one another. Whatever. Yeah. So. Let me understand that question. If you're just discussing, what's the problem when she says, oh, that system doesn't work? What's wrong? It's just plain annoying. It's, I, I have no problem with it. 
So that's what I'm trying doing is I feel, okay, when I have So that is a little bit some of your issue, but you could also tell her that you might even teach her. I don't know if you want the friendship to continue. You can, again, do the education part. Do you know when mm -hmm. you speak so certain, it makes it sound like there's no other process in the whole world, no other system works, uh -huh. and this system does work? Can you practice speaking a little gentler or easier? Right. And that's where your word, like I sort of shared at the beginning of the program while I was finishing to talk to someone, tell me how amazing something was. In my mind, I did maybe 30 minutes, 30 seconds of just talking to myself, going, Mordechai, he's sounding so confident, know that it's not real. It's just mm -hmm. his perception. I also uh -huh. told myself, Mordechai, just because these people don't have all the extent of emotions that you have, therefore uh -huh. all he needed was two emotions, and he got those two parts. But had I been in that exact place, I would have not enjoyed one second of it. Okay. Yes. Now, I just want to explain you why it's annoying. Cause so just one second. Elon, if we just got if Great. Line two coming up. Okay, yes, I'm sorry. I'm back with you. Okay, <clears throat> it's not only when we discuss things. It could also be, let's say, I would talk to my son, and I would not talk in the correct language. He will correct my language. So now, you like, can, let's take it right back. Let's go right there. So what's happening is she feels very comfortable sharing her opinions. Uh -huh. And there's nothing wrong with someone correcting. You just want to tell right. there's going to be a time and place. Mm -hmm. Stop you being more assertive. Create the right. time and place, telling her. And everything that you see, tell me, can I give you, can I tell you something? Can I correct you? And you might say no. And I want uh -huh. you to respect my no. So I should tell her. So please, before you want to criticize me, ask me before. Or correct or challenge me. Just ask before. Can I challenge you? I do mm -hmm. that with almost every caller. If you notice, so can I be tough? Can I be right. assertive? Can I change the... And once the person says... I wouldn't yeah, mind it, but it shouldn't be every, every second that's word, right. I And think. if it's every second, you go, now stop. No, I don't want to hear now a criticism. Now I actually want to hear a compliment. Mm -hmm. So when we okay. can create the safety in our conversations, the strength that we have. The Rambam, I have a, the program in, in forgiveness in the last program, program 61 or whatever, one of those last three. And the Rambam explains over there that one of the ways of asking Mechila of how to deal with it. I bring down the Makar over there. But the point is, you mm -hmm. actually need to go over to the person and say, I'm angry at you because of this and this pain. And then the person's right. supposed to try to work it out. Keeping the pain in and saying the Rabbi Shalom is going to punish them is actually not healthy. It's Shaloyka right. Halacha. That even brings. Yes. So be open mm -hmm. with the person. Tell them, look, mm -hmm. we have friends for many years. Your style, I'm not threatening your style. I'm not telling you to change it with anyone else. I'm saying to change it with me. You give mm -hmm. opinions many times. Many times you speak with 100% confident about a certain point when I have a different of opinion. And when I say I have a different opinion, you can now say, okay, well, that's the fact. You go, well, that came out too strong. Then the person will say, okay, mm -hmm. that's only my opinion. It's not a fact. Okay. Or when before you're going to correct me about something, I do ask, can I make a comment? Can I correct you about what mm -hmm. you've done with your child, with your son? Okay. Now, but can you try that with me? I'm going to do that on with you. Just a minute role play. Okay. So, Hindi, how could you tell your kid you're not going to give them food right now? They're hungry. Kids, when it comes to food, you always got to give it. Okay. I heard you. But next time, I'd like to, um, I'm, I don't have the, I don't have now the place and time to hear your criticism. But maybe would you try to tell me before you want to say it if I'm ready to hear some critic or not? I'm ready to hear. But I just, I would just want you to let me know before. Okay. Let's try that again, and now I am going to just do a bit more information. You're going to, I'll go, hi, Hindi, and you're going to tell me, hi, just before we start, I just want to tell you something. That's when you give me the Hakdama, then I'll be critical, and then we'll take it from there. So 
Hi, Hindi, how I are you doing? I thought about that way, just sent out the, the rope patch. I thought about that way of telling her I said, this would be the right way to do. But I thought about who am I to tell her and, and correct her and do it. It's like because of you. Should I do it for her? She's get, I feel like as if she's going to be like, who are you to Program tell me? Program number 53, know your rights. Do you see how, who am I to tell it to her? What do you mean, who are you? You are a person that no, the has created with a Salam Aleikim. You have a right. The relationship, she chooses to speak to you. She right. chooses to have an, interact with, an interaction with you. You are equal in this relationship as she is. You have just as much rights as she has, and you have every right to teach her how to mm -hmm. speak to you on your level. Right. Okay, I hear you. So now, do you have any rights to expect and even demand and assert your right if you have rights? Sure, I have. <laughs> Go ahead, tell it to me. Let's so give me now the speech. Okay. I have to think it over before. <laughs> Go ahead. So let's assume you gave me the whole speech. How, uh -huh. Let me try it with you. So we'll make up its Hindi's name. We'll call her Rochi. Rochi, okay. I want you to know that I enjoy, we have a friendship for many, many years, but there is, wait, do you notice how I didn't even stick to my own rules? First, Rochi, I want to speak to you in two minutes. When do you got time just to discuss when we talk, how we should just make it an easier conversation because sometimes I hang up feeling a little hurt. Is now a good time or do you want to speak later tonight? Okay. Notice how we're asking. Yes, this so, is what I wanted to think over before. That's right. So let's say she'll say later tonight. Okay, fine. Okay. What time? Nine o'clock. Great. You call about nine o'clock. So, Ruchi, mm -hmm. every time we speak, we're friends for many years. You're a more confident nature, and you speak in certain ways that hurts me. Not that you're doing anything wrong. It's just my style that when we question or when you a lot of times criticizing what I do, it hurts mm -hmm. or it bothers me or I hang up getting nervous or tense. Mm -hmm. What I would like is that... Two things. When we have a conversation or a debate about a certain system, for example, about what teaching skill works, and you say, no, it doesn't, they'll tell you, hey, that was tough. Could you just mm -hmm. say, in my opinion, that doesn't work, and that's okay. Second of all, when, we, when I do something with my child, with my son, you say, that's bad, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. If you can ask me first, can I please give you some criticism about how you're dealing with your child? And I might say yes. I might say no sometimes. When I say no, I expect you to honor that. Mm -hmm. Number three, if at a conversation, when you're going to give me critis, critic, you also give me one positive. Okay. All right, Hiroki, how did that sound? I hope she's going to take it well. <laughs> I asked you first, your name is Hindi. Let's say, how, did, how do you think it sounded? Um, sounded about why do you get so annoyed? Right. I don't mean to hurt you. You're so right. And you see, we have different natures in speaking. So based on my nature... When someone sounds very strong about something or when someone, when I hear too much of critic one after another, it sinks in. That's how it works with my nature. So mm -hmm. you can do that with everyone else. I'm not telling you to change it with anyone else at all. Just with okay. me. Okay. Excellent. Good. Fantastic. Thank you, Hindi, for your Thank question. you so much. My pleasure. The number to call in with your question or comment is 718-683-5858, Here we have another question from the Lakewood Scoop. How do you stop sibling rivalry among married, about, about, among married children about their children? I'm from a family with many daughters and one boy, and there is no such animosity toward the lone sister-in-law. One sister creates a bad view of her 
and manipulates all of us to feel that way and we all create a feeling of outside toward her. I feel horrible. I want to stop it, but I'm unsure how. Please give me some advice how to stop this rift in the family. Again, we're asking me a question that is hours of long, can take months of therapy, needs several people to be participating. It almost sounds like there's a personality disorder involved what's happening. For those of you on the clinical terms knows what I mean, personality disorder. And we want all that just from a message without you even calling live, without even dealing with therapy. That's pretty, pretty big for a question. So I'm probably not going to discuss that. But just to tell you the awareness, you need a therapist to help you out, to guide, to guide you there. There's a program just to create that a lot of people like that the program's called Dieting, and it's number 17. Um, actually, Dieting is number 15. It helped a lot of people that now you could download it to your MP3 player in English. Feel free to do that. And of course, all the Yiddish programs, you can either listen to it on my phone line, and you can always listen to this on the phone line, each of these programs. If you want to know which number is which, you can just look that up. And we thank Aaron for taking care of the website. It's beautiful. For those of you that would like to call in, we've got now some lines available to ask your questions. 718-683-5858-783-5858. Okay. We have a question from someone that I wanted them to... I wanted them to call in, but it doesn't look like they're going to. See, here it is. Uh, let's get the entire message. Hi, Mordechai. I'm leaving his name out. My name is, and I'm a special needs kid. It's really annoying when people treat me like a nebuch or a mental retarded or a two-year-old. I don't do anything. I don't do anything about it. But inside, I'm furious. I need. I feel the need to respond. How do I respond to them? Let us recognize that I have a program similar to that, and that is called that we're all labeled the which means each of us have some reason why we are going to be stuck, why we're going to have a difficult time in life. Everyone does. Some are more open. So Nebuchadnezzar, everyone sees it, and they go through major pain and a lot of difficulty. If someone, as you're saying, a special needs kid, people might see it on the outside, people might identify or recognize that, and what's happening is people will treat you differently. And you're saying, but I don't want that. What I'd like you to recognize is, and that is that we all have problems, every single one of us, you just don't know it and it's just not announced. As a therapist, one of the, I would say one of the best things that happened to me from a therapist is I was able to hear from other people their issues and I realized how normal I am or how normal my problems are. And that's a large part of the awareness that we're creating from this phone line. Number one, that people can be able to ask questions. Number two, for people to see this is common out there. If we can recognize this powerful point, I would like you to realize, to verbalize it to people. Tell people you're talking to me differently. Talk to me the same. Don't let it out. Don't keep it bottled in. Discuss it with your family. Discuss it with friends. Just because you might have a speech impediment, just because you might look a little bit different, people might assume you're not as smart, and that might that is not so. And even if it is so, so what? That is your limitation. Many people have got limitations, but don't let it out. You got over here another question that you're asking. Sometimes people are too nice to me. For example, in school, I never get punished. But when I'm the only kid that spaces out in class and I don't get punished, I mean, I'm happy that I don't get punished, but I know the reason why, and it bothers me. Yes, I am a big believer in treating kids equal. What could you learn? What 
is expected of you. Do not get the free pass. Ask for it. Verbalize it. Speak to the Rebbe or to the teacher and say, I need help. I want to grow. I'm here in this world to grow. I understand for you being nice to me. I understand why you're trying to be easy, but that's not helping me. That's what I would like to, that's what I would like to grow. And when you tell that to people, people will treat you more adult-like and more respectful. Aaron, you're on the air. Hi, Mordechai. I'm a long, long time listener to the program. Wow. And I want to, I want to congratulate you on the new book that you're coming out. Merit Hashem. It's not coming out yet. We still got to get accepted by the publisher. Oh, I was going to say I want to buy a couple of it to buy for my friends because I, I believe it's going to be an amazing book. So I find it amazing that just today, Basharit, because I just submitted it last week to one publisher, just this morning, I wake up, I check the emails in the morning, I get to work, and I see a publishing company contact me, said, we feel a book would be a great seller if you write it, we want to contract you. So it's interesting, I'm working on this a year, I just submitted it a week ago to, pub, to, to see if it will be accepted by a publisher, and... Their Shalom just sends me a second one. I'm amazed. What is going to be? What is going to be the topic of the book? The topic of the book is going to be ten yesodas that I found that we need to master in life. That I find with my clients, I would say a minimum of ten main yesodas that people are missing in life. And I would say even from the best sellers of the phone line that people have been calling up, and I've put that into a book format. So, for example, the beauty of saying no. For an example, the knowing your natures that people love, we have that in there, an entire chapter of the natures. We've got a chapter of beginnings. So many people are afraid, I'm going to start, I'm going to get embarrassed, afraid to speak publicly, afraid to change schools. People in their 40s, their 60s, about going through the beginning process, the important part of that. Anger, how to forgive anger, how to go from that and to recognize the angers really that we're upset at ourselves, to find our component to go to forgiveness. Another point is finding someone that believes in us, having someone that and another chapter on how to get connected to people that can guide you. When someone will have, I find these 10, I really probably would tell you there are 20 main chapters, but I limited it to 10 because as it goes in the book style, you got to keep it short. And they teach you cut, 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 and cut. So as I'm cutting it and as I'm getting those 10 chapters, it's about a year's work, Baruch Hashem. It's really two years of work, but really spending full time on it, plus doing everything else is about a year's work. I must tell you, I can't wait. I have a lot of friends who would enjoy your information, but they're not listening kind of people. They don't listen to CDs or tapes. They love to read. Thank and you. I can't, wait to, I can't wait to introduce the book to them. I appreciate that. And I'll share with you, because I like sometimes sharing my personal issues just to help others. I am afraid. I, would, I feel the word afraid is a big word, but I am apprehensive, and I am concerned. Will the book sell? Believe it or not. Just because I know I the amount of listeners, but there is a doubt. Who said something will sell in the book form? And I'm, I wonder what these, um, what these, um, you said the publishers, how they respond. They know what sells and what not. I know, I know. We'll find out. We'll find out. It's now a review by one, and I'm probably going to be sending it to the second one just to take a look at it in case the first one doesn't want. But the concept... Can't wait. Can't wait. We'll buy 10 pieces at once. <laughs> I have a you. lot of friends that I'd like to spread it out to. Thank you. That is beautiful. I appreciate the chizik. Wonderful. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Merz Hashem. Amen. I appreciate that. Yes, we have got Moshe on the ear on line two. Moshe, you're on with Mordechai. Yeah. Um, I'm the one that... Um, 
I said to that uh, about uh, our dental news. Yes, thank you. I actually answered your question, but I was hoping you would call up. Maisha, you have so much that you can now help people with your caller. Please, I am so glad that you're strong enough and comfortable. Remember, we don't want to say your name on air because we want to keep it private. But just share with us your experience. Well, How old are um, you? May I just ask how old you are this way? I just want to make sure it's safe that your parents are comfortable. Whenever I have children call up, I want to make sure the parents are allowing um, them to call yeah, yeah, I'm 13. You're 13? Yeah. Do, are your parents around? Do they? Because if a kid is 13, I would ask them if their parents are comfortable with them calling in on air. Because a lot of people recognize our vo your voice or might. Yeah, my parents are comfortable. You said. I, I, you said I, yes. I, they would feel comfortable with you calling in. Yeah. Are uh, they around you? Not right now. I'll tell you what, Moshe. We'll hang up now. Call up your parents. Ask them if they are comfortable with you calling in just because you're underage. I do this with everyone that's not 18 or older. Just for your sake and for their sake. Tell me that your parents said yes, and we'll put you right on. Because I feel the awareness of how people talk to you differently, how it bothers you when you're not that way. And like in school, I feel it's so important. And to hear you call up is amazing. Okay, Moshe? So we'll hang up. Ask your parents, and if they say okay, call right back and with the greatest of pleasures. All right, that, that, Thank you, Moshe. We're going to go to Sarah. Sarah, you're on the air with Mordechai. Sarah? Sarah on line one? Going once, going twice. Sarah, are you there by any chance? All right, no. All right, so the number to call in with your question or comment is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. It's interesting. I had yesterday, News 12 came over to do an interview about the phone line and about JRoot that were taking your questions and comments. And I did not post it because part of that interview, unfortunately, when the lady was speaking outside, wasn't completely tznius. But I just want you, the listeners, to be aware that in public information, our line got out there. And Baruch Hashem, we have over a million callers to call in to date that we've started. And I just want everyone to know I thank you. I appreciate it. It has gotten interest and attention and Again, I appreciate it, and thank you all for listening, and just creating awareness has people aware. And just to apologize that while I was on Brooklyn 12, I am not posting it because of its sneeze reasons. I don't feel it's correct to post for any of the men to see that. But other than that, I thank you all, and there is an interest, and us opening up is creating more awareness for other people to feel safe to open up, and hopefully more people will hear about the line to even be able to open up and to gain the awareness that so many people have had. We're going to go back to Sarah. Sarah, on line one, you're on the air with Mordechai. Yes, hi. I'm sorry about earlier. I sure, got disconnected. Sure. No problem. Um, I had a question. I don't know if you need detail, but it's a basic question. How does a person forgive themselves for something that they did that has an effect on their life that they would not have known, in the, meaning it affects their entire life, and nothing in a traumatically terribly way, but something that they find that they regret. Ah, 
What a fantastic question. Now, I am going to share with you one or two programs that I have specially about that. However, here's going to come my big waiver. Since I'm a human being, you're hitting one of my greatest weaknesses. Regret. Being that I'm an emotional person, I see so many different solutions out there. When I make a choice, I still hear the other background in there. When I read my book, let's say that I know that we're going to different publishing, I see the what was cut. And if I'll tell you 50% of what I wrote in there was cut, oh, it eats up. But that is part of the rules in anyone that does action. Anyone that has taken a leadership position knows that this is normal. While everyone will compliment you and everyone will, do, will tell you how great it is, you will feel that. Which now means if you're a parent, if you're in a leadership position, you will do things, you will be making mistakes. It's guaranteed. Well, no, I'm meaning to myself I've done it. Yes, you're going to do that. Are you a leader? Are you um, a parent? Do you wake yes, up in the morning? Yes. yes. Do you have some tasks that you do? Yes. Do you do something for yourself? Yes. Do you make yourself ever eggs in the morning or breakfast? Yes. Chances are you're going to make a mistake. You right. either cook the eggs too long or when you pour in that milk in the cereal, little drops splashed out of it. If okay. we are in the world of the living and the more you do, the more regret you are going to have. That is a fact. Okay. Now we've got to learn how to deal with regret. So, okay. so just to give you that information, can you imagine the regret that I have? I've got so many projects that I'm not even telling people that's going on and how many things are working out. I go for 80%. And mm -hmm. it's amazing the amount of regrets that are following me. But if we okay. learn how to deal with that, we learn not to look at them as regrets. We learn mm -hmm. to look at focus what we did accomplish. We learn to understand that this is part of the process. Now, I've got a choice. Do I focus on what I didn't do, the 20% that didn't work out? Or I would even say the other way around. I would say that people say, wow, Mordechai, you're so successful. You've done so many things. I would say 80% of my tasks have not worked out. 20% has. I can either look at the 80% of stuff that has not done, or I can look at the 20% that I have done. And when I finish my day, here's where the points come in is you focus on step one. What in the morning, what do I want to accomplish today that will make me feel worthwhile? It could be a small, simple thing that I just took a 10-minute break. One of my steps were get rid of the cell phone. Another step was daily. I buy myself lunch just to go outside in the sun or in the cloudy weather or even in the rainy weather. But to have a 10-minute break outside with nature, just feeling that is needed. Sometimes people look at me, why are you outside when it's raining or a light drizzle without an umbrella? I need to feel the rain. I need to feel human, not sitting in an office and just dealing with fires after fires, day, you know, minute after minute. If you can set up ahead of time, what are the little goals you have for the day? It makes it creates a great change because I only had two main goals. The rest are extras and bonuses. At the end of the day, to start going, what did I accomplish today? I love writing down every little task that I do because even just calling someone back three times was still a task that I did three times. And then I could look, look at what I accomplished today. It's not just called someone back. It's I called someone three times till I got through and finally got through. So regret, right. let me just tell you where those programs are. There's um, Dealing Court program number six, which is a top bestseller, which is caught in the trap of regret on my phone line where you could either listen to it, number six, which is 718-298-2011, or on the website where you could download it to your MP3. It's program number six, Caught in the Trap of Regret. The number mm -hmm. before that is just as important, which is the poison of criticism. When you not when we regret within ourselves, you're criticizing yourself. That's it. You got it, and you'll see how criticism is the opposite. It is the antithesis, and doubt is the antithesis to success. If you've got criticism and doubt going through your head, 
you will be unfortunately one not you but people that it will mm-hmm. stay on their grave Hashem gave you so much potential and never <laughs> actualized it the more that people write I love it in Masil Sisharim someone told me a Makar and the Masil Sisharim I'm sorry says in his Agdama says I was going to write to Sefer and I wrote it and then I realized several reasons why I'm not going to Chayvus Halvavas was originally written in, in Arabic he says I'm not proficient in Arabic to write he says, number two, it's not going to be as great as Sefer, and the only ones that can really write the Svarim is the Sefer that's written from the Rabbi Shalom. So after the Nevi'im, really, I shouldn't, there shouldn't be any other Svarim. Then he writes, it might not, I'm not sure the other three, four points, that he says why he's not writing the Sefer, and he says he actually put away the Sefer, the great Chavaz Alvavitz, Chavaz, after he wrote it, put it aside, and then he realized, but then if that's the case, nothing will ever happen. And things won't get done. So therefore, I'm writing it with whatever tools I have. And that's how I will do things. And look at the great, monumental work that we have in Sefer Chayvah Salvavitz. Look at his Hagdam. It's amazing to see how real it is. And he even writes over the most of the information people know. Oh, I think that was one of the points he said. And why am I writing something that people know? And people <laughs> say, there's no Chiddush there. Oh, you bet it's a Chiddush when we learn that Chayvah Salvavitz. Boy, does it have a person recognize and identify. So doubt and regret is something that we have within us. Now, I'd like to thank that person that just showed me that Makar recently. And um, we put that also in the book. I have a little page of Makar's where also it was so cut. Ah, the regret and the doubts that I have in me that it was cut like 60% of the Makar's that I put in because I was told they don't want it to be as safer or the way it is. It should be more a book with just Makar's. But I've learned to listen to the professionals in that field, and we're doing that. So the programs I'd recommend is number five and number six to listen to. And then about the self-forgiveness. Does it ever come to that a person needs therapy for that? Of course. Oh, I'd love How to. How does a person know that? Well, when you've tried listening to the programs, you've read a book or two on forgiveness, mm-hmm. and you're still not forgiving. And you're still mm-hmm. doubting yourself. You're still stuck. So go for mm-hmm. therapy. Don't look at it as therapy like I'm a crazy person. Right. I can say... 99% of my clients are all healthy, normal people. And mm-hmm. anyone that's got a major issue, I usually don't take them because I'm not equipped to deal with it. Major issues usually need two, three therapists, need therapists guiding the family, as in the questions that we got from the Lakewood Scoop. These bigger questions need more than just an individual therapist. You need a team of therapists. So mm-hmm. all my clients that I work on are people like you healthy ones that you can deal with in three months. If the clients need more six months to a year, I can deal with that. But that's not most of my clients, and even those people are healthy people. It's just they have the situation longer that it needs long-time therapy. But if mm-hmm. someone has a major issue, like major problems, I don't deal with that. Most therapists don't deal with that. It's when we need the inner strength to deal with that. Okay, thank you very much. My pleasure, and thank you for Could the you brief. repeat the number again, 298-2011? Yep, 718-298-2011. It's in Section 1 of my programs, and it's, and it's program six, number 5 and program number 6, as well as it has over there that when you hang up, you can either push 1, 2, pound. I think in Section 9, I explain how the program works. The phone line means there's bookmarks. So you can hang up, right. and then when and you call back. back, whichever those numbers are, I don't know if it's 0, pound, 1, one of these numbers. Okay. All right. Thanks Thank a you. lot, and appreciate okay. the question. Chani, you're on the air with Mordechai. Yes, hi, Mordechai. Okay. Um, you know, I just before we go there, I like a sense of humor. Someone just sent a message. Tell that Aaron guy to please, that the guy that's buying 10 programs, to please buy two more for me and my relative. I would appreciate a free copy. Okay. Thank you for the sense of humor. Yes. All right. Go ahead, Chani. Okay. 
first of all, thank you so much for everything. You have created so much awareness in me and in my family. And um, the, most, the, mo- the most that you taught me is the assertiveness. And this is, I really, really have a, a, a lot of akutas up for you. Thank you. Can you tell me in one case how the assertiveness helped you, how you used it, how it changed your life? Because assertiveness, I would say, is probably from the first three or four most important cornerstones mm-hmm. of a person's need. And therefore, in that chapter, the first chapter that I have is about a self-esteem. That's a large part of that. And then the other part about assertiveness is where I teach, where we have the, the, the chapter on saying no. That is a large part. And I could even tell you which programs to listen to it. Mm-hmm. But assertiveness, I would say, is from the most important usitis of being a healthy human being. If we cannot say no or get what we need done in a healthy process when it's in our rights to get it, mm-hmm. we have such beautiful lives that Rabbi Shalom gives us and we just can't appreciate any second of that. Right, Baruch Hashem, it's like it's so much better. I know I have a long way to go still, and with every day it's more challenges and more things, but it definitely opened up for me a world of I'm a person and I could say no and I could stand to my up to my rights, yeah, for sure. Good, so what you're saying when it's changes, you're able to learn how to say no and you're standing up for your rights and it changed your life, correct? It, yeah, definitely, Excellent. 100%, a lot, a lot, yes. And you, I guess, you, all the whole, all, I guess there's a chism is that for you, for sure. Thank you. That I'm giving it. What Hashem is giving, that's probably Kefik of Lai, but I'm for sure giving you Thank you. Back. And the Rabbi Yishlam really does, he is so kind to me. Really. He's kind kind Much kinder than I deserve. I, I'm, my struggle is learning to just accept and to appreciate, to make the time to accept it. I've, I am ha, ha, so lucky. So we, we do. We all deserve it. We all have a Salem and a Kim, and we all deserve yes. it. And he does give it to us. We just have to open our eyes to see it. That's, That's right. right. So I see it, and I need to learn how to take it. But anyhow, let's go to you. What is your question or comment? <laughs> okay, my question is, is a lot controversial, and I don't know if maybe you understand it right away if you could ask me uh, if you don't understand exactly. It's, the basic question is, how do I get my 15-year-old a daughter to... This, not this kind of severe uh, uh, friendship with a friend that we feel that is a little controversial to us, to our shitta and our ashkofa. Okay, I, I got it very clear, but the question yeah. is so much harder than the answer. Right. And I'll explain to you why. Mm-hmm. Many times I have people come to me, Mordechai, please tell my kid to do this and this. And I go, let's understand, you've tried it, it hasn't worked. You've no, tried to have tried grandparents it. try it. What? I haven't tried anything yet. We're still tried. in the uh, process of deciding if we should do it or not. I mean, me and my husband. Right. We're well, still one like of the that. ways to do it is to be very honest with the kid and tell your okay. kid, look, I'm asking you to do something that's hard. You might not understand it now at this point, and I'm not asking you to disconnect from all your friends, not even asking you to disconnect from ten friends, not even asking you to disconnect from five friends, just from one. Mm-hmm. I know you're close. I know you're feeling that you're starting to open up. I know you feel you're understanding them. But this is something that we're asking you to do, and it will mean a lot for us. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other hand, you also want to tell them, just to show how serious you are, we are about this, we're willing to do something back for you. What's something? We know you really want this. We'll do that for you. And I want you to recognize the difference of what I am saying. You know, I am not saying that if you do it, we will give it to you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do it, then we're not going to give it to you. It's you're doing, the, you're going to sever the relationship with her. We want to just give you something to ease the pain. But it's not really a choice. You're not buying them off because then it's a very scary and dangerous point. And in the parenting class, we spend about an hour explaining the details. So some of you that got it or know it understand it. But some of you will say, I said to bribe the kids, don't. It never works. 
Because when we bribe the kids today, tomorrow we'll need to double bribe them triple the amount. And in five days, when we'll triple that, when we'll bribe them ten times the amount, they'll just say, I don't care, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not bribing. It's about so I don't telling... need to um, give her an explanation why. You because could, the but then she will surprise. disagree because understand teenagers are their bunchums opening no, up. No, she then... wouldn't disagree because actually that's where we decided that it's not good for her because she did open up to us and tell us something that, and that's what where our decision was. Okay, good. So then that. you can tell her, but you now want to reassure her, telling her that by you telling it to us, mm-hmm. we're not punishing you. This is healthy, and this is what we want, Mertz Hashem, in the future. And maybe you can share a story or two how your husband asked you something and uh, about whatever it should be. I'll just share with you a story. I met someone that I respect highly, and he told me that he once had a secretary and he had different people working there, and his wife said, that secretary must be fired. And he wasn't sure, he says, but she did most of the work. So he said he went to Rebavigda Miller, and Rebavigda Miller said, in these things, you listen to your wife, you fire the secretary. Now, what I was humbled was the way this person, much older than me, someone that I respect, I was just talking, I was able to share how certain times we respect other people, and it was a major business business, it was a major business loss, but how we ask, we question, and we learn from it. And it's a message that he shared with his children, and he shared with me that was a stranger. If you can share with your daughter how each of you, you one or two stories, or your husband one or two stories, how you've made changes in your life because something that wasn't that appropriate, and it's not a punishment, it's just being mature and being an adult. So you don't want her to feel, I can't tell mommy or tati anything, because if I do it, they're always going to cut everything. So you might even okay. explain, had, you, had she just done this, it wouldn't have been such a problem. But because it's this far, I also once had to cut from a friend or I created space. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? You want to make it human. You want to explain, but you don't want her to feel that now she can't trust mommy and tati because sometimes if they share with you a problem, then it's a problem. And mm-hmm. they'll say, oh, they're for sure going to tell me I can't speak to this person. So what again? So what should I tell her this about? You, number this? one, tell her, if you decide, number one, you want to share with her, we didn't just make an easy decision yeah. for you to cut off from her. Yeah, number yeah. One. Okay. Number two, we want to compensate you for the emotional loss of not having a friend. means maybe right. we'll take you out somewhere. Maybe we'll walk mm-hmm. around the block. Maybe we'll take you and another friend. Whatever it should be, you'll come up with something okay, to compensate. Yeah. Yeah, then yeah. you want to share stories how you and your husband, because I can ask you, has there been a story in your life where you had to disconnect from someone that you liked or at least create some space from someone that you liked because it's not appropriate? Sure, sure. You want to share that story or two with your friend. Right. Uh-huh. Well, with your daughter. With so my daughter. She, yeah. This way she mm-hmm. sees it's normal. It's not a punishment. So, this is called maturity. Mm-hmm. But how, how would I explain to her that we're not doing it um, based on this, what she said? Because you are doing it based trust. on it. You're saying it's not based on that she told you. You're teaching her maturity. It's not mm-hmm. that you are telling her stop it. Because what will happen when she'll be 40 years old and you won't have the power to tell her stop it? Mm-hmm. What you're doing is this is a chinuch opportunity. Mm-hmm. And you've learned this from your parents. They've given you the assignments, and this is how you've done it on your own. And your husband can share how he's had to do it. And now you're teaching the Messiah further for her to know this is just not healthy for me right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're not doing it in a way of I'm commanding you because you're bad. We're mm-hmm. doing it teaching you what we want you to know is in Yiddishkeit, there will be Nisyanis. In businesses, there will be Nisyanis. In raising your children, there will be Nisyanis. And at times, we need to be able to say no. Mm-hmm. I've walked away from a lot of stuff. I take, I've taken a lot of abuse from people 
and I've been able to take like the losses, but there's a saying in English, you don't want to throw good money after bad money. It means yeah. if I'm losing $100,000 in a deal and someone tells you put another $100,000, maybe there's 20% chance I can save it means you don't you might need to learn in life how to take the ten, the hundred thousand dollar loss rather than taking a two hundred thousand dollar loss sure and sure. these are the lessons that we want to teach her yes this is the loss now the next step that you want to uh, add on to this is start teaching her what friends can we get you to connect to i know right now you feel she might be the only one that you can have that relationship that's how everyone feels when we're in a dark room but when we leave the room we start seeing there's a lot more light Right. So you might start asking her, how can we help you get another friendship going? Or is there another friend you want to get closer to? We'll help you out. We'll mm -hmm. buy things for the two of you. We'll take you out somewhere. Invite her for Shabbos, for a mm -hmm. Sido, or invite her to come play after. Whatever it should be. But there are ways that you can come up with some ideas. You might even get the teacher involved saying, you know, right. my friend, I want my daughter to be close to that friend. Can you give them projects together? Right. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, but I was just thinking about if we could should do this behind her back or we should confront her. So I guess... I feel 15. It's a fantastic chinuch opportunity. Now, mm -hmm. you need to know yeah. your daughter. Is she someone that she will, she will be able to see it as a chinuch opportunity? Oh, yeah, for sure. Excellent. So if she's mature enough, I'm a big sure. believer in creating chinuch mm -hmm. opportunities at a young age. Yeah, of course. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you okay. for the bravery bye. for calling in. I appreciate that. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Hatzlacha. -bye. Bye. And we will take one more caller, so whoever would like to please call in. The number is 718-683-5858. Um, 718-683-5858. Okay. Um, we've got several questions coming in over here. But again, we've got, so from the kid that, I guess your parents did not, I see you're sending me some messages. Let's go take over here another question or two that we've got. Hi, I love your show. Thank you. How can I help my husband build his self-esteem and stop feeling bad for people when he has to say no? Again, I'd like to reiterate that we mention almost every program. The top two diagnoses or issues that I find that's going on in Klal Yisrael, at least in the from world, is how to say no with love. How to recognize that no is not a bad word. So building self-esteem, we can download or listen to my program on the phone line. My phone line is 718-298-2011, 718-298-2011. And in section one, we have over there, program number one is about how to build your self-esteem. Then we've also got the program that we've mentioned several times on how to say no. The secrets of saying no. And that is, first the programs to have your husband recognize is number 53. So if you know your rights... You understand that people are allowed to ask, but you're also very, very much allowed to say no. How to, and the beauty of saying no is number 39. These are main programs that are being listened to. If I would show you the thousands of times, or maybe I could even say tens of thousands of times, that these programs, these dials have been pressed for specifically these programs have been huge numbers. So again, the number is 718-683-5858 to take your questions. I see people are calling and then just hanging up. 718-683-5858-718-683-5858 for your confidence. Those that are confident enough to call in, don't leave the message with the with our technician, Aaron. Just go ahead and uh, call in with your question. Let's do that. So just taking this concept, when you've got a husband that's got a self-esteem issue, when a husband has a difficult time to say no, first appreciate it. 
value the strength that your husband has. Value the goodness. The goodness, the strength that your husband has is that he's a kind heart. He's someone that feels for others. I was recently in a Fleshika store where the person was sort of asking for tzedakah and he's showing him half. And the person's asking me to translate and doing everything. And there was a lot going on. And then the person behind the counter told me, the person comes in and wanting supper, wanting like a free supper. And he says, I have no, I feel comfortable giving tzedakah, but got to give half. This is a $15 when, we, when I offer the guy some food, he goes for the steaks, goes for the most expensive parts. So if the person would want something else, he says, I don't just give $20 to every person that walks in. So, so I'm willing to give it, the person goes half and half. He tells me, but I still feel bad about that. So what I would like to create the awareness is good people, emotional people are the ones that's fantastic. And the strengths are we care or they care. They give the tzedakah. And that's where the strength, so appreciate all the strengths, understand that it might be a life struggle for him to grow, but have him listen to those programs. We've got Aaron on the line on one. I wonder if this is the same Aaron as earlier. Aaron, it is the, it is the same Aaron. I was the one calling before, and um, I was thinking about introducing your book to some of my friends. One of the questions I wanted to ask you, I know there's a place for therapy and there's a place for self-help. What kind of self, self-help issues like certain pains people can benefit from reading a self-help book? Okay, so you're really... <laughs> Ooh, hitting me on all on all fronts. I guess we'll also give away one of the other secrets that Merit Hashem very strongly depending on the book. But books are meant for self-help. means it creates an awareness. And there will be tools there. So at the end of every chapter, I'll have 10 points on how to work on this practice. So it's actually meant as a self-help tool. But it's not really in a self-help book. Because self-help books, they also have pages after that to fill in. How did you do it? Do it three weeks in a row, six weeks in a row. And I'm not really doing focusing on that in this book. It means it's focusing on the awareness, on some of the basic tools on how to do it, and then practical application. However, so the self- What? So on a self-help level... Is there like a specific benefit that you can mention that this person like me can gain? Well, awareness. You'll get, be able to read it. So for me, the chapter on how to say no with love is something that I've gone through several times. A beginning stage, I've looked at that one for me. And I was even discussing with a writer that was helping me out. And when we're debating if the publisher will take it or not, the writer said, that helped me out, said, well, you know, at least you've got a book that you love. And that's true. I look at it. Now, there's what another you, secret. This book is going to rock. This book is going to rock. Thank you. But there's another secret Thousands that I'll share. <laughs> okay, well, uh, the numbers, we've just got another message of a person asking if you would purchase that for them. So let's. Yes, I would. Okay, let's do this. There's another level of self help that I would like. And I've seen the major power to people taking a 20 hour course. I am going to be taking probably these 10 chapters and doing it into a 20-hour workshop where it won't just be self-help. It's going to be practice. For an example, like role play. It's very hard to do role play if you don't sit in front of a person. So when you read a book, you'll get that. But imagine you've got 20 hours, and it'll be very, very affordable, where you'll be in a group with 20 or 40 people, whatever it will be, and you'll be able to practice these steps. Remember, I picked 10 of the strongest Yosoidas that I find that each of my clients, I would say 9 out of 10 clients, had to master these. And if we can focus on that, work on that within ourselves, find our weaknesses, and do it with another person where it's actual role play, and then you get to practice it that week, 
That is one of my deepest secrets that I have behind this book, to A, create the awareness, but the second part is to get on a real practical level. Because so many people will read a book and hear what they want to hear, but not get the actual practice. And that is with Siyata Deshmai that I hope the Rabbi will let me go. I usually, if something is happening, I'm not sure what, but today we're giving away a lot of those plans that I have that we'll see what happens, Merz Hashem. We'll wow. let the Rabbi so run so and do his. So people will go to your program and just have that book as a handbook to review when they're... To review, like, and yeah. again, that's a separate issue. That's a separate program. First, for awareness. The book is meant for awareness, and many people will be helped by the tools there. It is a self-help tool with Siyata Deshmaya. Yes, it is. Now, there will be a deeper level that for those who actually want a hands-on practice, those that are in a situation that just reading it isn't enough, or that they want to master that, we're going to have 20 hours of these 10 chapters. So it will be about two hours working on a chapter with role play, with practice. It's going to be Can't huge. Wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Thank you. Thank you, and I appreciate the feedback and the belief in it. Because at this point, I actually need that. For those of you listening and you'd call up next week, I can tell you that I am Hashem, now confident and solid with whatever the Rabbi Shalom will do. So I thank him and however it goes. However, just to the Chizuk, thinking that it can go, that definitely will give me a little push. Thank you all for calling in. people calling in from overseas. You Jerusalem, London, and you just got the message this morning from Hashem directly to you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Not and looking forward, Mr. Shem, to next week's program.